Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Seven hundred WLW Saturday midday. Dan Carroll in for Mike Allen, and I want to thank you for being here this morning. I hope you can stay with us for the whole two hours. I know at least for me, Saturday midday, nine a.m. Uh, with Mike Allen is usually appointment listening. So I hope you're not too disappointed that Mike is uh, not here today, and I get to fill in in his stead. So uh, I want to thank Austin Elmore for being on the board today. When you call in, say hello to Austin, and I apologize for not having the donuts. Far be it. I mean, look, I I love Mike Allen. I've loved Mike Allen for a long time, and I I really I'm just so happy for him because he was such a it, for years and years and years he was the the number one person when you wanted to start your show off and come out with guns blazing. Mike Allen was your guest, and he he always answered the bell. And uh, now that he has his own show on Saturdays, I usually try to never miss it. And then uh, of course he takes care of Austin behind the board, which I did not do. So I am I am shamed this morning as I sit here behind the mic. If it, if it, Austin, you have my pledge. If this happens again, I'm bringing you something in. Okay? We good? Happy to hear that. All right. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. All right. Uh, little things I want to talk about this morning. Um, uh, coming up at night after the news uh, at the bottom of the hour at 930. Dave Hatter is going to be here. And I talked to Dave earlier this week, and I said, you know, I'm seeing all these stories on the Internet. And not on the internet, but on on television, cable news, and all the rest of it. That the Russians are trying once again to interfere with our election. Of course, everyone sort of has this idea now and sort of believes, and I don't know how much I believe it, but the, the Russians did try to interfere with the campaigns of Trump and Hillary Clinton in 2016. I think all the evidence suggests that they really had zero effect on the actual election outcome. But the Russians did try to do this in 2016 and maybe to some extent in 2018. But now here we are in 2020, and apparently the Russians are up to their tricks again. So I, I went out there, and I'm looking. I'm looking to try to find the Russians. I guess I'm just not good enough at it. So I talked to Dave Hatter. Dave Hatter is going, I said, Dave, can you find out where the Russians are and, and report back? And, and we'll talk to Dave uh, after the news at 930 and uh, see what he's been able to find out. Russian hackers who breached the 2016 Democrat campaign are again involved. That's one of the headlines. If you, uh, if you go looking for the Russians that you'll find with all the stories that are out there about the Russian hackers. And I guess I'm just not good enough on the internet to be able to find them. So we'll talk about that coming up. Also, some things I want to get to. I started this on Thursday night. I was in on Thursday night for uh, Gamble and Finn, and I put the question on the table. And I wanted to do it again because the way things went Thursday night started, they started off all right, but didn't really go the way I was hoping things would go. And the question was this. If you're going to vote for Joe Biden, 
Or if you think it's a good idea that Joe Biden becomes president of the United States instead of Donald Trump, I would ask you to call in and tell me why. And I didn't want to get into a lot of arguing. I didn't want to get into a lot of confrontation. I'm not here to try to change your mind if you think voting for Joe Biden is a good idea. And it started out that way. Got a couple of calls. We had one gentleman who called in and said, you know what, for him, health care was the main issue. He had a brother who was uh, getting a kidney transplant, talked about rejection drugs and the high cost of that. And he thought Joe Biden would be a better president for him and his family because of that particular issue. And there were a couple other calls, and people had legitimate reasons for wanting to vote for Biden. And so we talked about that, but then the whole thing just sort of degenerated into, and it got back to Charlottesville, and Trump is a racist, and won't uh, condemn white supremacy, and all that sort of stuff. That's not where I wanted it to go, but that's where it went. So I'm going to try it again today, and the, and the question is on the table for the entire two hours. And I'll mention it again a little bit later on. But if you want to vote for Joe Biden, give me a call, 513-749-7000, 1-800-THE-BIG-ONE, pound 700, AT&T, and, uh, and tell me why. And I hope it's something other than I hate Trump. Because the converse of that is I don't know anyone who's voting for Trump because they hate Joe Biden. People are voting for Trump because of what he does in office. And yet, and I, again, again, I had people calling up, ah, well, Trump, you know, he messes around on his wife, you know, all that kind of stuff, philanderer you know, with, the, with the women and everything. All that stuff we know that happened before he got in office. <clears throat> but if you look at what Trump has done since he's been in office, and you have criticism of that, other than the you know the personality stuff or the tweeting, but you look at policy, then we can talk about that. What else? What else did I want to get into? We're going to talk a little bit about, of course, uh, another bad week for the media. When uh, Trump came down with the the coronavirus, the Wuhan coronavirus. It was absolutely amazing. I mean, the, the, the national media, the cable shows were just practically giddy when Trump went into the, uh, into the hospital to get treated for the coronavirus. And then they just lost their minds completely when Trump came out on Monday looking good, feeling strong, taking the mask off. I mean, they just had literally had a conniption. Oh, here's the moment. Here's the moment. Trump is taking the mask off as if he was going to go back into the White House and now be a one-man super spreader of the Wuhan coronavirus. And now they, they, they're, uh, they're, they're convinced that Trump is on roid rage because he put out some tweets. And to my way of thinking, is his behavior or his actions any different now than before he came down with the, uh, the diagnosis? And I would say no. I know he was on the Hannity show the other night, coughing and hacking a little bit, but that can happen. You can take a, it happens to me sometimes. Take a drink of water, it goes down the wrong pipe. <clears throat> and if, in fact, I'm, I did a little bit of that right before I went on the air this morning. But he was on for two hours with Rush yesterday. I saw him all over TV. Looks pretty good to me. Personally, would I like him to? Would would it would it bother me if he took a little more time off, rested up a little bit, recharged the old batteries? Now nah, it wouldn't bother me at all. But uh, that's not the way he rolls. 
And, of course, now they're all concerned. And and this thing with Nancy Pelosi. I mean, how long does Nancy Pelosi think she's going to be in power? Coming out talking about the 25th Amendment, wants to create, uh, you know, and and she always says, uh, a bipartisan committee. Bipartisan committee to to what? So the, the, the president, the current president, can pass muster with her committee whether or not he or she is fit to be in office. And I think it goes a lot deeper than this whole this whole uh, current thinking about Kamala Harris. I think it, it, it probably has something to do. They, she would, the, do they want a mechanism in place by which they can take out Joe Biden if they have to, if Joe Biden were, God forbid, to win the election? Do they want to have something in place to do that? Maybe behind the scenes, Joe Biden isn't playing ball. And, and this is... This is just surface stuff. This is, this, this is all my theory now about what's happening with the Democrat Party. I think there's a huge power struggle going on within the Democrat Party. And I think Kamala Harris cut a deal to get on the ticket with Joe Biden. Because, I mean, think, I mean just, just look at this. Look at Joe Biden. Joe Biden doesn't have the wherewithal to withstand the daily grind of a presidential campaign. What makes anyone think, what makes you think that Joe Biden is going to have the wherewithal to stand up to the daily grind of being president of the United States? I don't know, and I don't know anyone who is a rational thinking human being thinks that he can pull this off. So there's a huge power struggle going on within the, and this is just my theory. I don't have any proof for this. And I, I've, I've talked about this a little bit before. But I think Kamala Harris cut a deal that if Biden were to win, she will eventually become the president of the United States. But will she really have any power? Has she agreed to the forces that are behind the scenes to let them call the shots and let her be uh, the person out front? I think that was go- what's going on. You've got the Obamas. You've got the Clintons. I don't know if they're working together. I, I would tend to doubt that they are. You've got, of course, the big money people whose names we don't know who are behind the scenes as well. I don't know which side Nancy Pelosi is on, Chuck Schumer and all the rest of them. But I think the, this surface stuff is uh, just, just, just that, just very on the very surface, and we don't see what's going on underneath or behind the curtain. Uh, what else did I want to touch on? <laughs> the, uh, of course, the debate last week. Uh, Susan Page, who was the moderator of the debate, did a uh, did an interview. She is the uh, Washington bureau chief for USA Today, and uh, the only moderator of the debate between uh, Mike Pence and Kamala Harris. And uh, this article, I, I, she she gave an interview after the. Uh, after the debate, and this article says she struggled at times to keep the candidates constrained to their time limits. Well, see, that that's a problem. She comes out there and says, oh, I tried to ask questions and get answers. Well, if you're going to be a moderator, if you're going to be a good moderator of a debate, it's not just about asking questions and then have them answer it in a specific time frame, which is what she was trying to do. And she had to just kept buttoning in and saying, oh, your time is up, your time is up, time to move on. Come on, come on. Be prepared. 
know a little bit about the candidates, know a little bit about their platforms, know a little bit about things they've said in the past. And if you're a moderator, if, if the opponent doesn't challenge them on a point that they make, then you can, as a moderator, inject that and get the debate going. I mean, how many times during that debate did Kamala Harris say, okay, well, let's talk about that? Well, no, they didn't talk about that. They, they, were, they went in there and they gave essentially their stump speech and their preformed answers to whatever the question was. A, a, a recital of those things doesn't help the electorate out, doesn't help people out get any knowledge. I mean, they have a debate. Let them go at it a little bit and know what know when they're saying something that isn't exactly true, and as a moderator, be able to challenge them a little bit on it. So maybe we'll talk about Susan Page a little bit more. And then finally this, and I I do have uh, Steve Scully uh, from uh, C-SPAN got caught sending (laughs) a text message to Scaramucci. Uh, Of course, he used to work for Biden. That debate is off now. And then uh, our old buddy Keith Olbermann is back. And I, 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 I'm doing him a favor by talking about him because I guess uh, the last few years he's, he's been doing uh, a show on ESPN, I suppose. Now I think he's off ESPN. I saw an article. I really didn't read it. But uh, I, I heard he was going back to his political commentary. And if you thought he was unhinged when Bush was president, well, now he's, I guess he's got a, a YouTube channel or something. And, I, and we've got a clip here of uh, Keith Olbermann. What is it, about a minute and 10 seconds, 20 seconds, something like that? It's about a minute 20. And uh, Keith Olbermann, look, I, I, I admire him for his ability to write. Um, the delivery is pretty darn good. He's, he's talented. He's very talented. He's very smart. But it doesn't mean he's right. So let's just roll a little bit of Keith Olbermann here and get a little taste of Keith Olbermann. Trump can be and must be expunged. The hate he has triggered, the Pandora's box he has opened, they will not be so easily destroyed. So let us brace ourselves. The task is twofold. The terrorist Trump must be defeated, must be destroyed, must be devoured at the ballot box. And then he and his enablers and his supporters and his collaborators and the Mike Lees and the William Barrs and the Sean Hannity's and the Mike Pence's and the Rudy Giuliani's and the Kyle Rittenhouse's and the Amy Coney Barrett's must be prosecuted and convicted and removed from our society while we try to rebuild it and to rebuild the world Trump has nearly destroyed by turning it over to a virus. Remember it, even as we dream of a return to reality and safety and the country for which our forefathers died, that the fight is not just to win an election, but to win it by enough to chase, at least for a moment, Trump and the maggots off the stage and then try to clean up what they left. Remember it, even though to remember it, means remembering that the fight does not end November 3rd, but in many ways will only begin that day. So there you have a little taste of uh, Keith Oberman back on his YouTube channel now. And uh, probably the the amount of people that just heard that was way, way more than heard that originally when uh, that was originally put out on YouTube. Completely unhinged, completely detached from reality. Trump and the maggots. I mean, look, he got everyone in there, didn't he? Mike Lee. Uh, Sean Hannity, Rudy Giuliani, Amy Coney Barrett. 
That is uh, what passes as uh, thoughtful commentary from the left. All right, we got to get to a break. We got some calls lined up. Dave Hatter's going to join us after the news at the bottom of the hour. Um, I hope you can stick around till eleven o'clock, and we'll uh, just see how it goes. A lot of people calling in, want to tell me why they're voting for Biden. So we'll find out more about that as we move on. Dan Carroll for Mike Allen, Saturday midday on seven hundred WLW. Saturday, Saturday midday, seven hundred WLW. Dan Carroll for Mike Allen. Mostly cloudy, a chance of a shower today. High 76. We're seeing some showers around the tri-state right now. Slight chance of showers uh, under mostly cloudy skies tonight to low 62. And same for tomorrow. Tomorrow's high only 73, though. Could be uh, cloudy and showery as well. 62 at the big one. 700 WLW. Let's go to a couple of phone calls here. Randy in Cincinnati, you're voting for Joe Biden. Randy, thanks for hanging on. And uh, why have you decided that it's a good idea for Joe Biden to be president of the United States? Good morning, Dan. How you doing? I'm good, Randy. I've got four reasons I'm going to vote for four, Biden. Oh, hold on a second. I'm not going to write this down. Four, <laughs> okay. You've got four reasons. One, okay. Okay. The first one is I think Biden's going to raise taxes on corporations, and I think there should be. I think Trump went way too far with his tax cuts for corporations. You don't like the Trump tax cuts? No, no. Corporations, um, I'll give you an example. Amazon had $14 billion worth of net profit, and they paid $172 million in taxes. That's a little over 1%. Now, the counter-argument to that is they invest in, in, in the economy and in assets. And they- lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Write it all off, but they would still do that if they paid a higher tax rate. Well, they, but, but, but all, they're, all they're doing is following current tax law. Oh yeah, I know. I'm not blaming Amazon. I'm blaming yeah. the Congress. I'm blaming Trump's tax. He's the one that uh, the Republicans put forth his tax law. I'm not blaming Amazon. Well, I, I, yeah, I look. Okay, all right, go ahead. I, I, I don't know enough about it to say, but I, I know, yeah. I know Trump's had had, ta- had tax cuts that if the according to everything I've read have uh, helped out mostly helped out the middle class. Now, did he take away a lot of regulations that helped out corporations, things like that? Yes. Okay, go ahead quickly. we got about a okay. less than okay. a minute. Second reason is the man is so divisive. I mean, he just criticizes and complains and calls people names. And, and we need somebody in there that can get along with the other side. Okay. And I know that's a big step for people. But, yeah, you know, he, he's so... 
you got to admit, when he calls people names, that's a personal. Like that, okay, that's a that's a personality not. issue. Okay. Third thing is the third thing is I, I don't think he's got a very good um, judge of character because whenever he names somebody to his cabinet or his inner circle, they end up. You know, he ends up firing it within three to six months, and then he calls them once again names. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's true. I mean, he does, but but I guess I, the, the upside of that is he doesn't hesitate to get rid of them when he doesn't think they're doing a good job. All right, next. Well, and then the, and the last item is, I think, um, health care. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt the Republicans are after taking away pre-existing conditions for people, and that's not fair. I mean, we... We need we need to protect people that have health issues, All right. serious health issues. We've got enough money to do that. So well, Randy, so I'll tell you I'm what. I, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. There we go. A good conversation. No name-calling there. And I appreciate uh, you calling in to do that. Thank you, Dan. Have All right. Day. There you go, Randy. Now, see, it can be done. We can talk about why you think voting Biden is a good idea, and we don't have to, to argue with each other. It is 931. I'm late for the news. I apologize for that, but let's do it right now on the home of the best Bengals coverage, 700 WLW. 700 WLW Saturday midday. Dan Carroll for Mike Allen, which means I'll be here till 11 o'clock this morning. Uh, here are some of the uh, the headlines. If you're out uh, looking for Russian control of the 2020 election. Steady drumbeat. Misinformation, FBI chief warns of Russian interference in U.S. elections. Chris Ray says Bureau has seen very active efforts by Russians. Efforts are primarily meant to denigrate Joe Biden. Microsoft said it was clear that foreign activity groups have stepped up their efforts targeting the election. So I see these stories, and I go out looking for the Russians, and I can't find them. And if you're on hold right now waiting to uh, to get in, just hang on. We're going to get to your phone calls. But I want to welcome in Dave Hatter right now, who's our, uh, uh, our IT expert, Internet expert, an expert on all those sorts of things. And I thought to myself, if I can't find the Russians, I bet Dave Hatter can. Dave, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm good, Dan. How are you, are you doing? You, are you still in one piece? I, I put this task to you to, yeah. to go out and find the Russians. And uh, I want you to report back on what you've been able to find. Well, you know, if you're a good hacker, you try to make it look like someone else did it in the first place. Okay. So so this whole idea that it's the Russians, you know, could be the Chinese pretending to be the Russians or Iranians. You know, it's not like we don't have plenty of uh, foreign adversaries who have some uh, substantial hacking capabilities. China, you know, says it, China says it's not doing it, though. China's <laughs> I've got a story right here. China denying reports on Friday that uh, that they're not doing the hacking. Yeah, mm-hmm. just like uh, <laughs> just like we we claim that we don't do this either, you know. Right. It's uh, you know one of the things I find frustrating about all this stuff, Dan, is you know it, it's hard to believe anything anymore. And like I said, if you're a good hacker, you're going to try to cover your tracks and ideally make it look like someone else did it, right? You're trying to point the finger somewhere else. So, do I think that the Russians are probably meddling? Uh, yeah, I would say they probably are. I think the Chinese, the North Koreans, the Iranians, any anyone. They would have an interest in creating chaos in the country, especially in light of the current political divisions we're all facing. They probably are. You know, you hear the term when you talk to nerds like me, APT, Advanced Persistent Threat. Again, some of the major players out there, China, Russia, North Korea, you know, the, the FBI has publicly stated many times that the Chinese, that we lose about $600 billion a year in intellectual property. 
uh, most of that going to China because they're breaking into company networks to steal trade secrets. Why would you want to invest billions of dollars in research on something when you can just steal my research and then go make your own product, right? So, uh, yeah, I think all of these countries are probably spreading disinformation and trying to create chaos because, obviously, we are their main adversary. We're their main competition. And, again, it's not like we don't do the same sort of thing to them. The CIA is well known for meddling in other people's elections for the last 50, 60 years. Okay, so you say they're meddling. They want to spread chaos. They want to spread disinformation. But how are they doing it? The, the stories that I that I came across, and before I got a hold of you, I'm looking at these stories, and it it uh, refers you to some obscure blogster or some, uh, I guess, uh, some clickbait that you're supposed to click on, and then it gives you these false information or fake stories that they're putting out there. In 2016, everything I've read about 2016 was uh, it the the Russian influence really amounted to some Facebook advertising that was late in the campaign. And uh, and I don't know how many people get influenced by stuff like that. I, I guess some people do. But, uh, I, I mean, I went out looking for something that I can point to and say, oh, here, the, here it is. This on my computer screen right here is fake Russian information. How do I find I, that? How do I see it? How do I know it when I see it? Well, that's a good question. I'm not sure you will know it when you see it, if they're any good. Again, it kind of goes back to if I'm going to launch some kind of PSYOPs campaign, ideally you're not going to be able to figure out that it's fake. Now, Facebook and Twitter have both put out a bunch of pronouncements. You know, Facebook's got a whole thing on their blog about what they're doing to try to to shut down this so-called meddling. Uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of Facebook to begin with, so I, you know, I don't know that you can really believe much that they say. But, you know, they're, they're trying to tamp this stuff down. They've deleted a bunch of accounts. They're, you know, supposedly got all these systems and algorithms and people trying to block this sort of stuff. Twitter's doing some similar things. So here's, here's from Facebook's blog. Prohibited ads about social issues, elections, and politics in the United States and information on the 2020 restriction period. This is coming straight from Facebook. And then, you know, they go into a bunch of details there so folks can go see for themselves what they have to say. Um, you may or may not be familiar with a, a government organization called the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, CISA. Now, they just put out a release yesterday. CISA and the FBI released joint advisory regarding APT actors. Again, that's Advanced Persistent Threat, chaining vulnerabilities against state, local, territorial, and tribal governments, critical infrastructure, and election organizations. So, you know, they're saying they're seeing attacks. When they say chaining vulnerabilities, that's, you know, okay, you've got Windows XP or some ancient software, and it's got this bug, and then they use that to get to another bug and that sort of thing to get in. So they did say in this release, though, they did say – um, CISA has no evidence to date that the integrity of elections data has been compromised. They're aware of instances where this activity has resulted in authorized access to election support systems, but no evidence that data has been compromised. So, you know, do I think these nation state actors are attempting to hack systems and create chaos and, you know, make people doubt that the election is legitimate? Yeah, I, I fully believe that. I think they do it all the time, pretty much ever since we've started to rely on all these digital systems for everything. And I'll be honest with you, Dan, one of my big concerns is less around this election stuff than, you know, you know they're trying to hack the grid. You know they're in there and trying to figure out a way that if the time came uh, and you could wanted to basically just shut us down, you know, we're by far the most technologically advanced country in the world. We rely on technology way more than anyone else. So if you could knock out the grid, uh, it would just create total chaos here. Uh, 
there's all kinds of stories out there, you know, where they see evidence of this sort of thing. I'm not saying it's going to happen anytime soon. I'm just saying, in my mind, it's a significant threat. But if you could knock out the entire electrical grid or a good portion of it for a substantial period of time, kind of like we did to the uh, the um, centrifuges in Iran, it, it would be it would be bad, really, really bad. So. Uh, yeah, I, I think they're doing it. You know, are you going to be able to go out and find a specific story where you can say, well, some Russian troll posted this? I doubt it. Not if it's not if they're any good, right? Because it needs to have some kind of credibility that would make you believe. Well, that's the, that's the thing because so much of what I hear about this and so much of what I see about it is is that it, it's a, a campaign to influence voters to vote a certain way. Um, to me, that just seems like it's. It's uh, too slippery of a of a greased watermelon to try to catch. I guess you know the other the other the other part of that is what you were just talking about, and that's actually getting into the systems to actually to be able to physically manipulate the numbers and have the numbers come out to get the desired result. Well, and that's you know there's really kind of two angles to that, right? If you could break into the voter registration systems, you know, one of the things that makes this I think both problematic and and better is that each state does its own thing. They have their own systems. Each state runs its own elections. They, have their own, they each have their own rules. So there's not like one central monolithic thing you could just break into and disrupt the whole system. Right. So they've got to break in. They've got to break into 50 different systems, right? Exactly. Essentially, is what you're saying, or even more than that if you go county by county, right? Exactly. And you know, even within like the state of Kentucky, different counties have different systems. Um, you know, it's not like everybody is using the exact same voting machine. So it's, it's an interesting problem, but, but the flip side of that is if you could just attack a few key swing states, perhaps, you know, you might have an impact on it. Um, but, you know, in theory, all of these systems are disconnected from the Internet, the actual voting systems. But at the same time, you know, I'd encourage your listeners to go out and check out um, DEF CON. It's a conference held every year in Vegas. It, it unfortunately wasn't done in person this year. And they have something called Voter Village, where they bring in all these voting machines, and they just let hackers go at these things. And I think people would be really disturbed if they had any idea how easily these things have been hacked in the past, uh, including by children, by the way. Uh, Voter Village, DEF CON, check it out. It's pretty disturbing. Now, the FBI and other government agencies have put a lot of money into this. You know, they're aware of these problems. But, uh, yeah, the system, the system is fragile in some ways because, you're running ancient systems that have been around forever. But at the same time, you know, each state has its own thing. So it makes it a lot harder for hackers to get to any one particular system. You know, you got to yeah. know about this one and that one. So, so it sounds to me like it's an ongoing battle of computer brainiacs who uh, who sit there and on, on the one side, on the communist side, they try to break into our system. On our side, we try to, I guess, try to break into theirs too, but uh, we try to defend against that. So I guess that... That's where my confidence lies. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm hoping we have the smarter brains that can keep them out of our system. Uh, the, you know, the other component of that is, you know, when I come to this microphone, uh, I, I don't want to sit here someday and have a sensational story and then, and sit there and, and rant and rave about some sensational story. And it turns out to be completely false because it's uh, misinformation from uh, Vladimir Putin. Well, you know, you raise what I think is a really interesting point, especially as we get into the last few weeks of this election. And, you know, we've talked about deep fakes before. You know, what would stop some nation-state actor from dropping a deep fake video of President Trump or Vice President Biden? Right, doing right. See, that's, the, that's it. That's exactly what I'm talking That's the kind of stuff that I'm looking for, and, the, and I haven't seen any of that kind of stuff surface yet. Because I know well, that that capability exists to do that sort of thing. 
It, it does. It's never been easier to create deep fakes. If your listeners don't know what a deep fake is, go look it up. The, the, the capability of the software to create these things is quite astounding at this point. You know, MIT put out a video to purposely demonstrate the power of this. Uh, it took them six months to make a roughly seven-minute video that appears to be President Nixon discussing the failure of the moon landing and how all the astronauts died. It's amazingly realistic. I encourage folks to go look at it. And, and my ultimate point being, Dan, kind of where you're going, you know, folks need to slow down and take a breath and realize that anything that hits the news now, because of this deep fake technology, could potentially be fake. And, you know, you need to just assume that anything that's hyperbolic, anything that's crazy, could be fake, probably is fake, and, and give the news cycle time to verify that the information is real. Uh, because, you know, again, if you're a good hacker, you might create a deep fake like this. You know, you might have operatives in the United States to create the Facebook account. There's no way to trace it back to Russia. You know, there's, there's ways to cover your tracks and do this in such a way that especially if you only had a short window of time to try to verify that it was real, it'd be really hard yeah. to dispute, you know, dispute yeah. it. So I, I encourage people to slow down, take a breath, understand that, you know, the bad guys are out there trying to cause disruption. And you need to you need to give things time to determine are they real or not. Because sadly, we live in an area where an era where it's never been harder to believe what you see. All right. Well, Dave Hatter, we've got to run, but I want to thank you. Uh, you've clarified my thinking on this, and uh, I'm sure I'll be cloudy again in in, in days time. <laughs> and, and I'll need you to clarify me once again. So we'll do it again. But Dave, thank you very much for spending the time and uh, good information today on the Russians. Always my pleasure, Dan. Thanks. All right, Dave Hatter. Dave Hatter, the uh, the best IT guy out there. Uh, we've got Mark, Bob, and Barry hanging on. Room for you, 513-749-7000, 1-800-THE-BIG-1, pound 700, AT&T. Dan Carroll for Mike Allen, Saturday midday on 700-WLW. 700-WLW, Dan Carroll for Mike Allen. And I guess we just got to hope that the uh, the Americans with the big brains have better big brains than the Russian big brains and the uh, communist Chinese big brains. And maybe the North Koreans as well, so they don't have to hack in to our election. Let's go to uh, Bob's got a thought on the Russians, and then we got Mark in Williamstown. Bob, you're on 700 WLW. Hi, Dan. Thanks for taking over. Yeah, Bob. Um, I just want to say that I'm 65 years old, and I don't do Facebook or Twitter. So okay. the, Russian inf- the Russian information doesn't really bother me. If they're trying to do that, I don't even see it. But we've got a group of people that tried to commit treason against this president. And uh, that is a fact. And, and there's facts. And they're not doing nothing about that. We're worried about the Russians. Is, is, it, amazing, is it amazing to you, Bob, and you're 65. So you, you were around for the whole Watergate thing and all the rest of that. Okay? Right. So if someone would have told you, and we've got to go back a good 15, 20 years on this, that we would have a presidential campaign that uh, the loser of that presidential campaign would concoct a phony story about the winner of the campaign, that the sitting president would sign off on it, uh, would use the apparatus of the federal government to undermine and investigate the incoming uh, administration, and then uh, we would have uh, three years of nonstop news coverage. Uh, we would have a, uh, a special prosecutor, special investigation. No evidence would be found. And then, uh, after all that... It would uh, the documents would come out and prove that it was the other campaign that touched this whole whole thing off and made it all happen with the blessing of the sitting president that the media wouldn't be interested in covering that story. 
Can you believe something like that would happen? If someone would have told you 15 or 20 years ago something like that would happen, would you have believed it? No. Yeah, and how much coverage is that? Is that story getting on CBS, NBC, ABC, or CNN, or, or, or uh, MSNBC? Well, we can't fight the media. They're all in bed with the Democrats. And the Democrat. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. That's in bed with the communist Chinese, I think, and that's where the money is. Well, Bob, you make Trump. a great point. I mean, I, I, you're seeing, so what you you're saying is that the, the, the treasonous activities that we've had here in the United States are worse than the enemies that we have outside the United States. Right. I mean, Russia, like you said, they're not changing the ballots. They're not going into our voting machines and changing the vote from yes to no. All their information is, like you said, on Twitter or Facebook, which I have nothing to do with either one. I could care less. And if you, people aren't looking at that, they're not seeing any you know, infiltration of Russian activity. Isn't it amazing how that works? If you don't pay any attention to the Facebook, social media, Twitter, all that other stuff, it's almost like it doesn't exist. Right. I work hard. I work hard for my money, and I try to live like I've lived for the last 60 years, 65 years. And it just seems like there's a big change coming, and it's about money. They know that China's got everything we buy. I just got back from the store. I wanted to buy a piece of salmon. It's made. It comes from China. All right. Well, Bob, we got to get to the news, but you're making a lot okay. of sense out there. I want to thank you for calling in. Have a great day. Thanks, Dan. You're doing a great job. There you go. Bye. Bob from Dayton, and uh, I, I really like uh, that phone call. We've got my friend Dr. Deb coming up, talk a little bit about the uh, coronavirus and the latest on that after the news here at the top of the hour on the home of the best Bengals coverage. Dan Carroll for Mike Allen, Saturday midday, 700 WLW. Back on the big one, 700 WLW, Dan Carroll for Mike Allen. Saturday midday, and man, am I glad to be here. Two-hour shift, it goes fast. It is 10.08 under cloudy skies here in the tri-state, and uh, President Trump uh, diagnosed with the Wuhan coronavirus, went in and out of the hospital, came out uh, on Monday feeling chipper, uh, looking good, feeling strong, he says. And uh, it was interesting, I saw his interview uh, I talked to Carlson uh, the other night, and uh, he said mostly he felt weak, didn't feel like himself, but uh, he went to the uh, Walter Reed Hospital, got all juiced up, and uh, he's coming back, getting ready to have some events today, and uh, here to talk about the latest on the uh, coronavirus and uh, what happened with the President Trump is my old friend, Dr. Deb. Dr. Deb, how are you doing today? I'm great, Dan. How are you? I'm great. Thanks. Thanks. Thank, 
Thank you so for much. calling it the coronavirus instead of the Wuhan virus. I know. I, you know what? I know. I did I did that in deference to you. you don't, I appreciate that. I know that it rubs you the wrong way when I say that. <laughs> so uh, I'm just, you know, I, we're friends, and, I, and uh, you know, I want you to I want to stay on your good side. Uh, so it, it, let's talk a little bit about the, the president. And, and I say this, and I, I really don't, and I know doctors sort of like to shy away from this when they're asked about a patient and ask about a diagnosis or a prognosis. And when you haven't examined that patient, it's really hard for you to give uh, clarifying details on what's going on with the president. So when you watch the coverage of this and you see all these doctors and medical uh, people on the, the cable channels and the news and whatnot, uh, what, how, do you, how do you sort of digest that knowing that they haven't examined this patient, but yet they're out there giving their analysis of the treatment and uh, and and what's you know what's next for a patient like the president of the United States? Well, there's, there's two things come to mind. First of all, the the coronavirus, the COVID virus, is extremely unpredictable. So it's impossible for almost anyone to predict how a particular person can do. Uh, a person can be looking like, oh, it's no problem, they're getting over it, but then that immune response kicks in ten to fourteen days later. Or even, you know, and they get they really get themselves into trouble, and then again it can come back again. Um, the second thing that comes to mind is the word you said, trust. I think that's one of the greatest problems with America today is nobody trusts anybody. And I think it's very sad. You know, we used to be a country where we fought for each other. We fought together against common enemies. And nobody believes what anybody says. And part of that's because we have two different kind of medias that give extreme perspectives on their, you know, political party. And it's very hard to find, you know, what is actually going on. Although in medicine, that is the one thing that we don't put politics in. Now, what we're seeing on the TV, is that really what's true medicine? You know, who knows? But, you know, I can tell you a little bit about what we do know about COVID and what medications he did receive. Um, they, you know, the president received the best care in the world. And that's Either, as, you know, you know what, and it, it doesn't matter who the president is, that is as it should be, in my opinion. He, I mean, there's just, he absolutely did. Um, and that is the truth. Like, he had several benefits. Number one, you know, people around him are tested constantly, and we assume he is tested constantly. Although, you know, there is that trust issue again because the White House has not released when did he turn positive. You know, was he in Ohio and knew he was positive and didn't have symptoms and didn't tell anybody? And, I, and that's just to your way of thinking. Let, let me just stop you right there for a second. Does, does that fall under HIPAA? If, if someone says, uh, when's the last time you tested when it positive? Comes to the president. See, when the president, like, you know, even like celebrities, Bengal players, like they don't have HIPAA rights because we, you know, because they their career involves something. And so when it comes to their performance, we release private information about, let's say, a Bengals player injury, which you normally wouldn't. You, that's breaking HIPAA. And so with the president, you know. Well, now, wait, 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 hold on. If, if a Bengal player had something that was, say, non, had a, a, a medical issue that was non-sports related. Correct. That correct. wouldn't get reported, right? Correct. Correct. But the biggest problem with COVID is that you are transmitting the virus the most before you have a single symptom. Okay. All right. So the load, the viral load is extremely high before you have a single symptom and it dramatically decreases at, you know, the further on in the progress of the disease. And that's the question is like, well, you know, I mean, let's be honest. We have to admit 
there is a super spreader event in the White House. There's 290 cases now or something like that. And so what and I think that's why a lot of people are upset, you know, which, you know, again, if I'm the governor, I, you were, if there were people from the White House at my event and you knew that you could be spreading it to people and you didn't wear a mask, you didn't do anything to prevent it from people, that, that is something that everyone should know, not just because of HIPAA, but like, that's just common decency in the sense of, you know, you should not be, no matter how you feel, that's the trick about this whole COVID. No matter how you feel, that doesn't mean you're not infecting other people. We know that as a hard fact. And so um, that's why it's also hard to predict, well, what's going to happen to the president? Because we have certain timelines that most people follow, um, and we just don't know where he is on that timeline. But, again, that's not, you know, that's, that's very sad for the people that he may have infected. But as far as going back to how he's going to do you know, he is in a unique category because the key is he got early treatment. And that's different from you or I or most people because, you know, because there's a limited amount of material to treat people, you know, the bottom line was like, okay, stay at home until you really can't breathe. Well, that really is a detriment to a lot of people in the sense of when they get their treatment. You know, that the medications, he, the cocktail he did receive the one was an antiviral, and we know that has to be given early. And most people that get it, get it too late. Um, now, the data on that particular drug, they just actually came out today saying it shortens the duration of the illness, but the mortality in four weeks, people that die from it is about the same. So, again, everything that he got was very experimental. Um, he also got that. Right. Does that include this, this antibody treatment that I heard about in yes. the news? That, oh, that, like, that's a, I guess, I guess a new therapy or a recent therapy on, on this. I mean, we don't really know how many people have had it, but it's probably a handful, you know, less okay. than hundred, 200. So, um, and so again, we don't have any data on that. We don't know, you know, what, how it works. Uh, you know, I think it's very, very fortunate that he received it. Again, you or I would never receive that. We don't even know how much it costs. Um, you know, I've heard a million dollars. You know, it is an IV therapy treatment. And so, again, most people don't get to have IVs from home. Like, he was at the hospital. But then the White House basically can be set up like a hospital, too. So he has definitely had the top-of-the-line treatment. And as you said, a president should have the best treatment. But it's my, when he said he was cured, that's not a fair statement because he was treated and he feels great. And I hope that he doesn't have any more consequences from the virus. Well, this president's but, never been one for uh, precise language use. <laughs> can we, I, I, we can probably agree on that. Yes. Truthfulness. Okay. 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 I will, um, I, I will, I will concede that point. Um, is there a level of frustration in the medical community that we don't have this behind us already? Or is this uh, people like you were expecting us to be where we are now? Or uh, how do you how do you put a gauge on I it? I mean, it's an embarrassment where our country is compared to every other country. It's, you know, it's really embarrassing that we have not taken this disease seriously, and for, because of how much our numbers are. You know, we have such a, you know, our relative population in the world to the relative number of cases that we've had is an embarrassment to the medical community. And, and in fact, you know, interestingly enough, the um, New England Journal of Medicine came out and made a political, made a statement that the government has done a horrendous job on treating this virus. I mean, they're very frustrated because, you know, 
he said on tape, he knew how severe it was in January. If we'd had masks, if, you know, so many people now are like, I don't need a mask. It's not going to bother me. And it's just like, that is our only defense. And if we wore a mask, we would get this thing under control. But people are tired of it, and it's dragging on because we haven't been taking it seriously. And we get these super spreader events at, you know, wet, you know, and again, it's sad. It's awful. Like a wedding and funerals, those are the times you want people around you the most. But that's what's causing these spreading events, you know, and at the White House itself, these ceremonies and things. Well, I wanted to ask you about that because I came across an article when I was getting ready to talk to you. And uh, th- this is this is in The Atlantic, and which is not a, a right-wing magazine. And this was posted uh, a day or two ago. And it's saying that the early data that's coming back from schools in um, – in places like uh, Georgia and Texas, uh, Tennessee, and some other places, early data that's coming back are showing that schools are not the super spreaders that, uh, right. that some people thought that they would be. No, schools are not. It's it's people, you know, because the schools have been, you know, very diligent about making the necessary things. You know, they have to wear masks. They have to be socially distanced. But there was no, there's, you know, when you go to a wedding. People might wear their masks for the first 10 minutes, you know, but, the, you know, half the people won't wear them. And then, they're, you know, two or three cocktails in, oh, it's great, let's party on the dance floor. Those are the problems. Or, you know, again, at a sad occasion, like a funeral where you want people around you, but, again, you're in a closed space, you're in a church, and there's no ventilation. So, you know, the schools have been prepared. They're doing a really good job, and we're not seeing it. We're not, you know, the big things are weddings, funerals, and, you know, like events like at the white, you know, the Rose Garden, you know, where people are in tight spaces, no masks, and that's where you get it. The, the schools have to wear masks, and that's why you're not seeing it. And that's really why, that should be even more evidence of, like, wear a freaking mask. You know, I stay in a mask and operate all day. Uh, you know, it doesn't decrease your oxygen. If you're an asthmatic, all the more reason you should be wearing a mask, because if you get COVID, you're much, you know, you can have more consequences and more sickness. But it becomes, again, we get this distrust. We have this, like, oh, it's my right. And it's kind of like, okay, but you're killing people by not wearing a mask. You know, you're putting people in the hospital. You know, poor Governor Christie, you know, he's in his tent. So you are a big believer. It sounds to me, Dr. Deb, like you're a big believer in the mask. And I I don't know if you heard me earlier, but I was talking to to, uh, Gary Jeff Walker before we came on the air this morning. And I I was talking to another doctor friend of mine uh, earlier this week. And I said, and and because I was watching all these stories, because all the people on CNN and MSNBC were getting all bent out of shape that Trump took his mask off on the balcony at the White House, and they and they acted like he's going to go in and breathe on everyone and cause all this chaos. And I said, and I said, do masks really do anything? And his response was, do a pair of jeans stop a fart? And I I, I thought, you know what? Even a kid, a little kid, can get their head around that. I mean, what's your response to that when it comes to the whole issue of wearing a mask? Well, it's not a fart. You know, it's a it's a respiratory droplet virus that is primarily transmitted through the mouth and nose. And you cover the mouth and nose and you, you know, the person wearing the mask covering that infectious material greatly decreases the amount of virus spread out into the world. You know, it's not it's not a fart, you know. It's it's not. I mean that that's a very irresponsible statement in my opinion to say that because. Well, I'm, I'm the, look. I'm not saying it's medically significant. I'm just saying that it's it's something that you can get your head around. But 
again, it's a nice story. It's a nice image, but it's not, you know, it's not true. You know, there is data that shows, like, if you, if, if the person that had, the most important person to wear the mask is the person that doesn't know they have corona and they're transmitting it unknowingly. They're the one that's going to prevent most people having it. Now, you know, the other person that's just trying to be smart and wear their mask, you know, it still decreases their risk by them wearing a mask, even if the person spreading the virus doesn't. But when both people wear the, wear the mask, it's the greatest decrease in transmission. There's just, there's, it's absolutely true. And, and that's why people were mad that he tore, you know, it's kind of like, I'm cured, I'm Superman, I'm taking off this mask. It's, it's really like that, when you talk about, like, gut-wrenching to the medical community, it's just like, oh, my gosh. And he did. More and more people at the White House are coming down with it. You know, there were just two housekeepers that never had any exposure to the president that tested positive. I think, like I said, my latest data was 250 people. Yeah. Well, so that's not, you know, that's that's irresponsible. You know, that's, that shouldn't happen. I mean, you know, you can be in the same household, and if that person isolates and they do what they're supposed to do, the other, like, your and I houses that are much smaller than White House, you know, it may only be a 30% transmission rate. You don't automatically give it to everybody in your family. But, you know, it's it's just that, – that's why I think that it, we're just in the medical community just like, oh, my gosh, please. You know, you are fortunate that you are the president and you receive the best care in the world. Please don't get emboldened other people that will never, ever get that care that you received to rip off their masks and say they're not necessary because those are the people that are going to suffer and those are the people that are going to die. All right. And Dr. Deb, good stuff. Thank you very much. Sorry uh, to be the buzzkill. No, 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 no buzzkill law. I, 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 this is why I love talking to you because we, we, our perspectives are a little bit different on this, and that is perfectly fine with me. And uh, in about 10 seconds, we'll someday we, we be able to talk and not have to talk about coronavirus. Oh, please, God. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be That'd great? Be wonderful. See, yeah. well, we're on Let's the same page there, my friend. Oh, Dr. gosh, yeah. Oh, Dr. Deb, yeah. thank you so much. I, we got to run. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, and we'll do it again soon, okay? Sounds great. All right, there you go. Dr. Deborah Rouse-Rain, she is the absolute best. And we got to go. Late for a break on 700 WLW. Saturday midday, 700 WLW. Dan Carroll from Mike Allen. And the phone lines are really filling up. I'm going to try and get to these phone calls before the... uh, before the top of the hour. Uh, Mark, it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Mark is in Williamstown. Mark, you've been hanging on the longest. Uh, you're on 700 WLW. How you doing, Mark? Yes, sir. Hey, Dan. Hey, appreciate you, man. Open up the call to uh, or the phone lines to Biden callers. Hey, and uh, hey, I'll be quick. Okay. Hey, uh, number one, uh, Joe Biden will follow the prescriptions of science. Uh, number two, uh, I just think healthcare um, ought to be for all Americans, and at least at least to extend it. Okay. Um, so, uh, okay. Number three, uh, I don't think he's uh, he'll do cruel things like separate kids from their border. You know, I'm separate separate kids from their parents at the border. Well, that was the policy uh, under Obama Biden. But go ahead. 
Well, he did not. Uh, they did not separate kids from their parents at the border. It's a matter of deterrence. Obama did not do that. Number four, uh, Joe Biden will not uh, suck up the ruthless dictators, you know, like MBS and Putin and Kim Jong Un. Number six, he won't uh, traffic in uh, in just conspiracy theory after conspiracy theory. Dan, I could go on and on, but you're giving me some time, man. I appreciate you. All right, Mark. Thank you very much. So that is why uh, Mark uh, thinks that uh, – hold on a second. I've got to press the right button here. Mark thinks that uh, voting for Joe Biden is a good idea because he won't uh, traffic in conspiracy theories. I, I guess uh, Trump has uh, done a little bit of that, but it turns out, especially the big one, when you talk about Russia and when you talk about Ukraine – no, that, that, the, the Ukraine story is not a conspiracy theory when it comes to Joe Biden or his son. And, of course, we know Russia turned out to be completely fake, and now we know that it was dreamed up by Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama signed off on it. So uh, we can put that point to bed right now. 10.30, time for the news on 700 WLW. Saturday midday, 700 WLW. Dan Carroll for Mike Allen. If you're on hold right now, I want you to stay there. We're going to get to your phone calls before the uh, the top of the hour, but we're going to change gears right now. And 2020 delivered another punch to the gut earlier this week when we learned of the death of legendary guitarist Eddie Van Halen. I uh, still remember where I was the first time I heard a Van Halen record, and I wanted to uh, bring in someone. People who know me know I love music. But uh, they know I'm not very uh, musically inclined. I don't, I, know, I don't know nothing. I know nothing, next to nothing about music. So I'm uh, going to bring in a buddy of mine, Polly Bergio, who's a uh, talented, well-known, and fabled guitarist in the tri-state music scene, lead guitarist for uh, The Nothing. And Polly, how you doing today? Pretty good. How you doing? So it was, it was rough this week, I guess, uh, when we lost Eddie Van Halen, huh? Absolutely. I mean, you can tell just how many people he had reached out to, all, all the music genres, everybody, you know, posting something about him and rest in peace and farewell. And he was legendary for, for what he was, you know, for what he did in the, for everything. I mean, the 80s metal guitar tone came from Eddie Van Halen. Yeah, and I, I guess and that's, that's what, this is why I wanted to have you on, because, I mean, I, I know what I like. I know the kind of music I like. I know what I like. And what is it in your mind, as, as a guitarist, what is it that separates the good guitarist from the great guitarist, and I guess even the legendary or the the exceptional guitarist who 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 do something different than everybody else? What what is it that that make, that creates that separation? I think a lot of it is is finding your your own sound and your own techniques, not trying to to go out there every night and sound like someone else. You know, Eddie. I mean, his his Franken guitar, you know, came from him tone chasing and and wanting to sound like something in his head. And I mean, his, his early guitars, he was taking hammers and screwdrivers too, to make, you know, different electronics fit. And I think that's what just paved the way for him. So I, I, I still remember the, where I was, and I don't know if this is the same for you, but I still remember where I was the first time I heard Van Halen. Uh, I was, I was at, at home. My uh, younger brother, who's a couple years younger than me, had brought home a Van Halen album and he showed it to me. And I said, what is this? 
And this is before the Van Halen was really getting any radio play. And I and I thought, well, you just wasted your money on this. I've never heard of Van Halen. So he goes in his room and uh, closes the door. And he and he had a pretty a pretty nice uh, stereo system in there at the time. And I remember uh, him putting that album on, and the sound that came out of that room. It was something that I thought to myself, wow, that is something that I've never heard before from a rock band. And and that's why. The, the whole the whole you know time with Van Halen and the whole time they were on the scene just really stuck in my mind and we have those and you, and you listen to those guitar riffs today and it's still to my way of thinking uh, like nothing we had ever heard before. Absolutely, I mean he he's got. I mean you're talking about a guitar player that's got you know some of his guitars in museums and and things like. I mean he's got everything from amplifiers, signature guitars, signature pedals. And I can tell you, you can, you can buy one of everything he owns and you still won't sound like Eddie. I tried. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's not going to happen, but he, he had such a finesse. I mean, he's taken a power drill to a guitar before and, and, you know, and played it through an amp and it's just, it was, He's amazing. We definitely lost a great one. Uh, like I said, if you play guitar, you have something, whether it be his two-hand tap or his, you know, his flanger sound. You have something that you've you've taken from Eddie, and and you use it. You know, when you play, whether you're recording or playing out in bars or clubs or stadiums. I mean, everybody pulls something from Eddie. Yeah, talk about that a little bit because it, you you taught yourself how to play, and and you know what? And look, I, I I'm I'm not a musician. I wish I knew how to play. I wish I got, I wish I could play anything, but I can't. I don't I don't have the uh, the acuity, the mental acuity, or the or the ability or the talent that uh, that some people are born with. But uh, when you when you're when you're young, when you're a young guy, and you're looking at someone, it, it's it's like. You know, you said no one can copy what he did. So when you look at someone like a Mark Knopfler, or you look at someone like a, a Jimi Hendrix, or or you know, uh, you know, Jimmy Page, or whatever, you know, all these great guitars, and, and no one can actually copy their sound. And I and I guess that that's probably the thing that you hit more than anything else that that makes someone great. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, when I first started playing, like in clubs and bars and stuff back in Baltimore, I remember running out and buying a fifty-one fifty head, and following it up with you know his signature pedals and and trying to play a Stratocaster and going back to the guy at Guitar Center and saying, "Hey, it still doesn't sound like it." You know, I've looked up this and I've dialed in this, and that guy looked at me right in my face and told me, "Well, you're not Eddie." And that that struck a chord with me, and then you know I, I started chasing my own sound, and then using sounds from people like Eddie and some of my other you know other guitar players I looked up to. And I think that's where you, if you have any success, that's how you do it. You don't want to sound like somebody else every night. All right, Paulie, let me put you on the spot here a little bit. People always talk about you rank the greatest guitar players of all time, and I guess you can, what, look at different genres. You can talk about jazz guitarists or classical guitarists or rock guitarists, things like that. I think when you talk about strictly rock guitarists, uh, where do you put Eddie Van Halen? I mean, is he top 10, top 20, top 100? Where do you put him? Um, I mean, in my opinion, I'd have to put him in the top five at least. Um, he, he paved the way for so many different musicians that I would also put in that, in that top five. And a lot of those, if you, if you talk to them or if you ask them, a lot of them have derived that, whether it's their tone or their play style or, you know, just even it's something they've learned, they've, they've taken it from, you know, Eddie Van Halen or Steve Vai or, you know, there's just a, there's too many of them to list, but I think Eddie's for sure, at least in my top five. 
Yeah. Uh, that, I, I, you know what? I, I'm probably I'm probably going to go there, too, and, and, and say top five, although uh, I could probably be convinced otherwise <laughs> if, <laughs> if, I, if I want to sit around and talk about it long enough. Uh, talk about your band a little bit. What uh, You guys got any gigs coming up? Give yourself a little plug there. Well, yeah, we are, uh, we're, there is a uh, Southgate House revival in uh, Newport, Kentucky. Uh, they do a, a benefit show that is invite only, and we've played it about, I think we're five years in a row now. And that is the second weekend in October, or November, sorry. And it's going four days this year. Uh, thanks to COVID, everything's kind of smaller. So they, they went from a Friday, Saturday night gig to a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, and we'll be playing Saturday night. They haven't really released a lineup yet, but um, we released an album on Leap Day, and then the world shut down, so we haven't played any. It's all about timing, isn't it? Then. Uh, yeah, well, we we picked a great time to release an album yeah. and put all of our money into that basket. <laughs> so, uh, yes, we are playing Iron Fest this year. It is going to happen. Um, we're going to keep everybody safe. That's why they you know they made it a kind of a longer date instead of just being two nights. So that's that's where you go to find us next. All right, Polly Bergio, uh, legendary guitarist around the tri-state. Thank you very much for joining us. And uh, I guess we could say rest in peace, Eddie Van Halen. Uh, the world will never see the uh, the likes of him again. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right, Polly Bergio from the Nothing uh, lead guitarist. Thank you very much, and have a great day. And uh, let's go ahead and kick it, kick out this segment with a little. Do we have a little Van Halen on tap there? Do we have a little something? that we can remember Eddie by as we uh, get uh, into this commercial break. Come on, Austin. Come on, man. I know you got something. Eddie Van Halen, rest in peace. That was a big part of my uh, my youth growing up with stuff like this. And I even saw him in concert a couple of times with David Lee Roth. It's fantastic. On 700 WLW. Seven hundred WLW. Dan Carroll for Mike Allen. Saturday midday. Roll until eleven o'clock this morning. Going to try to fit these phone calls in here before the top of the hour, but I did want to mention this: Duquesne University in Pittsburgh fired a professor because he was having a discussion. The discussion was about offensive language. Students complained to the administrators that Professor Gary Shank used a racial slur during a discussion about inappropriate language. (laughs) I mean, people have really lost their minds. On Wednesday morning, Shank received notice from the university his employment had been terminated. Your employment at Duquesne University is terminated for serious misconduct, the university wrote. The university noted that we'll have an opportunity, or he will have an opportunity, to appeal the decision. So you go to a class that's about offensive language. Uh, the professor uses a, an offensive word, and the students complain about that, and he gets fired. Unbelievable. Barry in Miamisburg. Barry, you've been hanging on for a while. Thank you so much for your patience, and your time is now hey. on 700 WLW. How are you doing? Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. All right, Barry. So you want to vote for Joe Absolutely. Biden, right? I am not voting for Joe Biden. Okay. Um, three reasons. Taxes, gun control, and freedom of religion. Those are big ones. Um, Look at places like New York City, Chicago, and California. Wherever it's important, you know, wherever Democrats rule the roost, whatever's important, they get absolutely wrong every time. 
Well, that makes sense to me. You know, I'm keeping it short. So taxes, guns, and religion, that's why you're voting for Trump? Yeah. Got to love it. All right, Barry, thank you very much for hanging on. I appreciate that phone call. Yeah, keeping it short. Have a nice day. All right, thank you very much. Man, he held on for a long time for that one. Uh, let's see, who's next? We've got uh, Dennis in Annapolis. Hold on, I pressed the wrong button. Dennis, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, yeah, I'm thought, here. I, yeah. thought I hit the wrong uh, button there. Dennis, what's going on? No, no, no problem. Uh, let me preface this by saying that I don't always care for Trump's demeanor, and sometimes he doesn't articulate his positions very well. But I know he loves the country, and his actions speak far more than his words. But I'm going to, Randy, at the beginning of your show, listed four reasons why he wants to vote for Biden. I actually wrote those down. Do you want me to? Yeah, yeah. Let's remind well, the well, listeners what uh, what he well, said. He's talking well, about well, corporate taxes. Yeah, Which, yeah, yeah, of but course, I'm not going to take them. I'm not going to take them point by point. But okay. I will say about the corporations and the taxes. He must. Randy must love high unemployment because guess where the corporations will go when you raise taxes on them? They leave the country. That's point. Well, one. the corporations don't pay the taxes as they get passed well, along to the consumer anyway. Well, well, that's true. Right. Right. Okay. He ended up paying them one way or the other. Um, and uh, points two through to uh, points two through four. Is uh, you know the Democrat the the leftist Democrats are basically lawless and they're corrupt. The Obama administration was the most corrupt administration in my lifetime, and I'm seven years old. They aren't just they want to defund the police. They have sanctuary cities. They believe they condone mob rule and mob justice. And they want open borders, and they're basically pathological liars. Uh, my third point is uh, if with a Biden administration, you're going to you're going to get some left-wing totalitarian uh, type uh, government. Uh, th- there'll be absolute conformity uh, and total control of your life. They're anti-liberty. Uh, look, just look at these, uh, the example you made with the Duquesne professor. Uh, you know, you lose your job. Uh, it's it's almost like brown uh, brown shirt type uh, atmosphere. Yeah. Why would you go to a class if you're a college student? about offensive language, and then when a word is used in that class to, what, talk about offensive language, then you complain right. about it. Right, right. Well, this leads to my fourth, fourth point. Leftist Democrats are basically, they have significant mental derangement issues. They, they're hypocrites. They're totally illogical, totally illogical. And they have significant anger management issues. I mean, look at all the riots and the and the the, the uh, vandalism. I mean, that that's how they react to when when you disagree with them. They will shut down free speech. Um, and that's basically the points I wanted to make. Well, there's no doubt there's a far left agenda out there, and I, I think Kamala Harris could be the conduit to try to get that uh, far left agenda in. And and we just can't we can't let it happen. Yeah, let me ask one, one final thing. Right. Some one of your other callers mentioned about you know, Trump uh, uh, brown nosing up to dictators. Uh, I might remind him that Obama, what did Obama uh, do with Cuba and Venezuela? Yeah. The dictators in those countries. Yeah. Okay. All right. You're doing a great Dennis, job. Dennis, great call. Thank you very much. Dennis from, uh, from Annapolis. How about that? And uh, DJ in Fort Mitchell says I'm fake news, so I want to hear about that. But let's go to uh, Greg in Butler Township first. Greg, you're on 700 WLW. Good morning, sir. Say so you pretty well put to bed the Biden voter from earlier and, and showed his fallacy and what he said. But I took a lot of umbrage with uh, the doctor that you had on because it, okay. that, hit close to, that, that hit close to home with me because my son, 39, had COVID, a good friend, 
60 has had COVID, and another good friend, 65, had COVID. And they all were meticulous about wearing their mask and all the protocols. Did they all get through it? Yes, they did. They yes, did. they did. Right. Thank God. And that's the uh, thing. And then, look, and, and uh, uh, Greg, I hate to cut you off, but we got to run. we got the Bearcat report coming up. But, yeah, okay. uh, the, no, let's not forget the survival rate for all age groups, well over 90%, 95%. Stay safe out there. Don't get in anyone's grill. Thank you for listening. I'm Dan Carroll for Mike Allen on Saturday Midday on 700 WLW. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.